It's the Mego Museum Podcast. Scott and Brian each sold separately. Hello and welcome to the Mego Museum Podcast. I'm Brian. And this is Scott. And today we're going to be listening to the second part of our interview with Paul Clark and Joe Senna, also known as MC Toys. That's a pretty relevant name to any Mego collector. And uh, Scott, I think you'll agree that this second part is actually chock full of a lot of great information. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've I've been listening to it uh, this afternoon, doing a little, trying to do a little screening for language. Um, <laughs> so if 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 anything slips by, I apologize in advance. But uh, uh, we had a good time. Uh, kicking around some ideas with with Joe and Paul and um we had some in this podcast actually breaks some big news for us doesn't it Brian Absolutely it's a re- revelation about the upcoming Brick Mantooth Mego Museum Super Collector figure uh it's something you if you've been looking forward to it it's 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 pretty big It's going to happen it's going to happen it's coming soon Yep and of course we've also kicked around the idea of uh what superheroes the guys would most like to work with with Mattel. Uh, it's a very non-committal kind of question, so don't try to read between the lines, or do. I, I don't really care. Oh, you uh, know what? Feel free to read between the lines. Um, yeah, we know you're going me. to anyway. Yeah. But Conjecture, uh, uh, conjecture, blind CC, go for it. And then, uh, of course, we've got the guys talking about their relationship with Migo, pres- former Migo president Marty Abrams. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's something that n- not everybody's aware of, but the guys really went out of their way to uh, make sure that Marty was involved in the the reemergence of Migo, in one way or the other, if only to get get his blessings and pay some respect to what had come before. And um, so, I really admire that, and it was fun to hear. Some of those the stories, especially just because it's like this is like three Jersey guys getting together to make some toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you know, just right down to the accents. It's fun to listen to these. I think, guys talk I think about they're toys. Long Islanders. Okay. Uh, oh my God, boy, <laughs> I just stepped in it. Yeah, they're gonna be mad. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> I would I would stop and re-record this, but we're we're moving on. We got to get this podcast up and on the web. Absolutely, because I have to go uh, get packages ready for a brick doll, and um, so I guess without further ado, here's part two of our interview with MC Toys. Oh, you know, I wanted to switch gears on the retroaction a little bit, and this is just a clearly conjecture question that I thought would be Uh-oh. fun. Not committing, not saying anything in the future. What is the one, if it's already happened, tell me that, but what is the one hero you'd really like to um, get your hands on and, and, and redo or do justice right now in, in the DC Heroes? Again, not a commitment to saying it's coming out, or, but just a personal, personal um, preference. Well, my personal guy's already done now. Okay. Well, you know, Captain Marvel finally done. Um, gotcha. Fixing the the cowl on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, done. Um, but if I oh, you know what? It's it's a it's a tie between two of them. Mm-hmm. And 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 if I had my druthers, I would do a, a Mister Freeze. Hmm. A Mister Freeze with. All the gadgets and helmets and wires and pipes and guns and 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 crap 
Um, that would be one. The other one would be a fat girl. Um, but not just, you know, a spandex, you know, molded head bat girl. Those are two. I'd love to do, oh, oh, how can I, how do I, how do I keep forgetting this guy? Swamp Thing, for crying out loud. Oh, that's cool. Thing. I want to do Swamp Thing bad. <laughs> I want you to do Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need you to do bad girl first, though. Yeah, yeah. But but so see that's a, it's so hard to answer answer that question because first you have to go through the what can we talk about what can yeah. we yeah, yeah 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 what are we doing what are we not doing what are they and what are the guys who read between the lines on the boards because that's right yeah. yeah well he didn't say that's right it's a, I know it's a loaded question and it was just a fun thing all right yeah I, let's do prez but you can, can you, <laughs> I, brother you can, power yeah <laughs> I see yeah. a two pack yeah um, actually it sounds really weird. But I actually would like to do Zantana. Oh in yeah, her fishnets. <laughs> you know, in her, in her, I don't know. I just, that, oh, Zantana. Yes, I thought he said Santana. Carlos Santana with fishnets. And I'm like Nick did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Zantana. Carlos Zantana. <laughs> we could do Carlos Zantana. Yeah, there we go. In fishnets. Yeah, <laughs> top hat. Oh, perfect. Awesome. But that, that, I mean, it's it's not like you know my favorite character. But I kind of feel like that's something that just just look really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, uh, but she I, would... I'd say aside from that, I'd say Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Hawkman, somebody who um, I mean, I you know, he he's kind of that big missing member of the JLA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Robin's great. You know, I want to make sure. You know, I'd love to make sure that Robin is done uh, uh, decently. Uh, but yeah. Now, um, you guys, and I, I know this from anybody who produces eight-inch action figures, get lots of suggestions from people. Who, Do we? Uh, get who I think, think that, everybody's favorite game? Yeah, I mean everybody. What the is vice principal of my daughter's school? Yeah, yeah they they uh, wanted to do the vice principal of the daughter's school action no, figure. No, that he, was really pretty. He's a Mego fan, and he wants me to do French Connection Migos. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Popeye Doyle. Yeah, Popeye yeah, Doyle. with a, with a, with a subway stair playset. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I have a phony toy company, and I get weird emails um, all the time about people who want to do famous concert pianists and opera singers. <laughs> So I wanted to know, and the guy's completely straight too. Like he's he's not having a goof on me. What is the weirdest thing you have had thrown your way in terms of an idea? No, Paul, that's all you. Uh, yeah, that's you, all you. me. I get all the crazies. Yep. Uh, Polar Bear Man. I got him. <laughs> okay, you know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he sends me handwritten letters. <laughs> it's just crazier than crazy. He's the and one who wanted he, the concert pianist. Is he? Oh, yeah. Boy. I thought it was familiar. I don't. I don't even remember his name. I blocked it. Just you know. I, I forwarded my memory. Ooh, I forwarded that to uh, Jason Lindsay at Biff Bang Pow and said, "Is this you?" And he goes, "No, but I." <laughs> this guy goes back many, many years. He wrote back and said, "No, but I get emails from that guy too." Yes. Oh my god. He. It's like half man, half polar bear. Yes. Yes. I'm like. Uh, I gotta book this guy on the podcast. He sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the truth be told, that's one of the reasons why we did the the zombie kit is because if we can work it out so that within the next year or two, because we've already got zombie kit number two planned for Toy Fair, um, uh, and 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 we have another two two do-it-yourself kits planned behind that. Um, you know, if you really want to make a figure and it's that obscure, 
make it yourself. Well, yeah, and, there, and, 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 and you don't have to be stopped by, well, I can't sculpt or I can't paint. It, it, it will get you halfway there, you know, with, with, uh, with what we can put together. And, and um, yeah, have it yourself. Unless, of course, you want that experience of walking to Toys R Us and buying Polar Bear Man off the peg. Sorry, I would really like to, you know, have God bring me down, you know, a cheerleader covered in chocolate carrying bags of money. That's not likely. What What are the chances if if uh, the Make Your Own Zombie Kit is a hit that we'll see variations on that theme? Uh, <laughs> can you say a hundred percent? Okay. Yeah, I was hoping for that. I think answer. we just said. Yeah, I think we just said we've got we've got. The yeah. second, the second zombie one lined up right behind this one already, yeah. and then we've got two other. You could probably guess what they are, but we're not going to say it. Yeah, know, kind of fit gets right mm-hmm. behind it. Um, so yeah, again, we've been talking about it for years. Now we're finally activating them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's really good news, I think. And and we want to encourage more people to make stuff. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say this: this is one thing that always upset me about uh, the the sideshow toys of the. Uh, of, of the early 90s. From what I observed, the, the Toys of Sideshow put out, the, the Universal Monsters and stuff, which were great figures, mm-hmm. I think that came out of the culture that was popular in L.A. at the time of the whole model kit um, uh, contest kind of thing, which the guys at Sideshow used to run before they were Sideshow. I, I remember meeting them at Chiller Theater back in the early 90s. They were fantastic. Uh, yeah, but the frustration was you know, and again, the time I was living in L.A., and there was an amazing store on Olive Avenue near Warner Brothers called Creature Features. Mm-hmm. And it was run by a guy named Taylor White. And that was a great place to go because he would have these huge glass cases of these built-up um, monster model kits. But they were selling for like $600. And, yeah. and, and people were thinking, how hard? It's like, I, I can build that, but I can't paint it. So what the hell do I do? And I think the sideshow, and I'm, I'm, I'm just conjecturing. I don't. I, I absolutely agree with you on this. I think sideshow actually killed the garage kit industry. Well, but because they were trying to serve what they thought was a void, and clearly they they they, they understood that void very well. Mm. Um, but I think what they did was they went. You know, well, I'd like to go right in the middle where they went all the way to the to the end and said, you know what, we're going to combine what you love about this, which is a beautifully detailed painted thing and make it an action figure so you could at least pose it, mm-hmm. which was brilliant. And clearly that was, that was, a, uh, it was a genius move because it sustained them for the last, you know, 10-something years. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking what we're taking out of it is, is the ability to use your hands. Because at the end of the day, you take something a sideshow makes, it looks gorgeous, but you've got to put it under a, a, a glass bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to keep your kids away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then, and then you stare at it, and after a while, you're just you know going after it with a feather duster. Yeah. Uh, the whole concept of play has been been uh, cannibalized by the video game. So once a kid gets past five years old, he's already uh, you know role playing digitally. So the toy doesn't fulfill that need anymore. Right. The collector toy sits on your shelf, and it is at the end of the day landfill. If you give somebody something to do with it where they can they have enough there where they can customize it a little bit and make it their own and not be disgusted with it at the end because they don't know how to paint right which is typically what always happened with model kit builders like well you know i i slapped i i don't have the fine hand for it if we can get them kind of halfway there 
it, it, I think it brings back the tactile uh, sensation and, 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 and makes us what, what, what America was, which are people who made stuff. Yeah. Sorry, that's, I think it's the coffee yeah, talking. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, though. Preach on, brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, I like that. And it, you know, it's funny you said you were talking about those expensive resin kits. It's kind of full circle, but the guy who sculpted quite a few of those back in the '90s uh, works for you now. That's Sean Sansom. Sean oh. Sansom. He did a lot of those resin kits back in the day. Did he really? Yeah, that's how I know him. Yeah. Son of a gun. Yeah. And I mean, those things were beautiful, but basically they were statues that needed to be painted. Yeah. You know, I would open up. I think I bought one resin kit. Mm-hmm. And it was a torso, a head, uh, two arms, and two legs. And I'm thinking, wow, wow, where's the instruction manual for this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, this isn't really, you're not really making something. No, it was, it, it, was a, it was a real 90s revolution, though. That was a really popular thing that seemed to kind of dry up as action figures got better and better. Because you didn't need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have my sideshow Frankenstein from, from, uh, from their first line. And it basically was... You can you can actually see the the formula in there. It's mm-hmm. amigo scale, model kit detailed, uh, slightly posable collectible statue. Yeah, almost an Aurora kit. You didn't have to paint, and you could play with. Exactly, it yeah. was brilliant. Well, that's what always drove me crazy with Aurora models. Yeah, like, here's a great Dracula, amigo size, but I can't move them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to just pull them right off their bases. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, but you don't you don't need to anymore. So, it, so if you want to give something, give people something to do with these, if they can't role play, mm-hmm. at least have them construct them. And right. and and that's where we think we're going. And and clearly, the the Migo customizing community doesn't need to to be taught that. No, you know, I just think that there are a lot more people out there who need who need to know it can be done. What what happened to us, Paul? At Toy Fair, somebody came in and said, "Wow, you mean?" You can put this thing together, and we yes. said, "Yeah." Back in the day, it was called a model kit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. Actually, people who um, you know, we figured we'd get the usual suspects uh, who are into this stuff, but people. To, uh, I mean, we got a lot of people coming up, going, "That's going to be the hot toy of the year." And according to several websites and magazines, it was. Yeah. Who they all knew, okay. and it wasn't just the geek, uh, the geek magazines either. Mm. So we were like, "Holy crap!" Uh, now what the hell do we do next year? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're on so to something that was, good. That was a nice, that was a nice revelation. Now I know you can't talk for Mattel or Biff Bang Power about upcoming go. releases, but I can authorize you on one, and that's Odeon, my fictitious company. And a lot of people are asking me, so I'm going right to the source. Yes. How's yes, the yes. brick doll coming? <laughs> the yeah, super Brian, collector. Brian's like, where's my stuff, man? <laughs> My stuff. I'm always almost a year. I'm uh, sitting it very. No, well, it hasn't I, uh, been a year. I actually uh, just got a note from the Chinese that it's shipping. Uh, everything shipping April fifteenth. Oh, fantastic! Are you kidding? So, uh, no, no, I'm not. I, I got I read, I got the note this morning, but I've oh, been oh. on them. You know, uh, they. It really is a, a matter of, um, you know, other projects that that took precedence. Yeah, uh, no. Frank Powell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I it's uh, they should all be shipping out. It, you should have had it months ago. You know, I literally had to keep going back to them and say again and again and saying this. You know, when is it? When is it? What's going on? They're like, oh, here, here's a sample. I'm like, yeah, I saw the sample three months ago. Now where are we? Yeah. 
Yeah, so no, I, 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 I have to get somebody to twist some arms there. I appreciate it. I know we're not on the high end of the spectrum. No, you. Yeah, but yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you expect something to be delivered. You expect yes. something to be delivered, and that's mm-hmm. that's what kills us about a lot of this. And, and you know, let me say, if there's anybody within within you know listening uh, distance of this who knows anybody who can do injection molding here in the good old U.S. of A., mm-hmm. we will absolutely talk to them. Yes, because. I enjoy working with our factories in, in China, but uh, gosh darn it, it would certainly be nice to bring at least some of these smaller collectible things here in the States, where at least they'll be within arm's, arm's length. Mm-hmm. Mm, that would be great. And we are, we are toying with a couple of toying. Uh, <laughs> we, are, we, do have, we, have, we do have two or three um, guys here in the States who are experimenting with the concept. Um, you know, idle time at factories and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe for some of the smaller, the thing that really built the collector audience, which was, you know, how do you get runs of like 100, 250, 1,000, you know, kind of pieces, um, which now is no longer on the radar in China. Um, you know, can we bring that back here? And we've, we've got a line on a couple of them, and, and we're hoping we can talk about that eventually. Fantastic. That would yeah. be do, do, you, do you guys see... Uh, a future with 3D printing in the in the action figure market? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you talking about customizing on the on the consumer level? Well, or are you yeah. I mean, just, using it the, in... the, the notion that you know more and more, it's you you are able to do small run manufacturing, you know, on a 3D printer now, and it seems well, like, that's a, like that's, in five or ten years, that's going to be very very common. I would think. That, that is a given. It's just it's just a question of price. I mean, there was right. a I think there was a a franchise thing out there for a while called Tech Shop, where you were able to use the 3D printers and and lathes and things like that. And I think the whole thing went bust, um, because you know the ultimate form of of customizing is not just paint and and putty, yeah. but you know if you can get a hold of a simple 3D program and build something. And push a button, and then you know it comes out of the enterprise's replicator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it just comes down. It, it just comes down to when it's going to be affordable. It's just like tablet computing. Um, I had a tablet computer twelve years ago. Um, Stone tablet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just got down to how many people need it, and and how simple is it to make. But uh, the short answer to your question is absolutely. That's where it's going to go. Yeah. I would like to see it happen with. With bioplastics, you know, so we're not dealing with uh, petroleum products, and it's, and it's green. But uh, I think by that time, um, I may be contributing to the landfill on a much more personal basis. <laughs> hey, maybe your bio. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. Yeah, wouldn't you like that? Yeah, you get to play with Joe Zena. Put me down! God damn it! It's a cool idea at this point. It's it's something we're very interested in looking into. Uh, it's it's a simple matter of at what point does the automobile go from being the toy of rich men to the uh, the farmer's friend? Right, and that's what uh, you know we have to kind of take a look at. Right. Is there anything you guys would like to say to the Migo collectors out there? Is there any message you'd <laughs> like to nice. do with that? Something. <laughs> Wow, look, wow, look, look at the time. Nice. Yeah. 
No, I save those comments for Miko Meat. Okay. <laughs> yes, and, and, and I, I say those comments for Paul at Miko Meat because I don't know. <laughs> no, it, 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 let's, let's, let's talk about that, okay? Let's, let's talk about the, the 100%, the, the 95% of the, the Migo community versus the 5%, or rather the 3% who are vocal and, and disagree with what we do, and the 2% who just need medication. <laughs> yeah. uh, this couldn't have happened without the community, what we're doing. So the, yeah. the first, so all kidding aside about uh, you know reacting to certain commentary aside, this this is all because of the Migo community. Um, so the first comment is thank you. Yes. Um, the the rest has to do with with uh, what you know Brian Scott and and and, uh, and and I and Paul talked about over the last year or two, which is you know what at the end of the day. There are some folks who just have too much time who say too much stuff, and it's not just limited to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going through another thing right now very similar to this with our, our horror business, where I, I think you just, because of the Internet, there is a very, very small but vocal community that are just going to come out and, and, and just be, you know, a thorn in your side. And the lesson that we had here was that they are incredibly small, and, and you, can't, you can't let yourself be affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I say more than I do. Um, so to the community at large, I'd say, you know, it, it's great that it's that we're all getting to finally play with the toys we all wanted, that we're all collectively having input in it and making uh, an improvement. Um, to that very, very small sliver of, of, of people that seem to be uh, the most vocal, uh, I say uh, I look forward to the day when when the machines are able to make exactly what you want. It's going to get there. Uh, this is a very small community as it is, and we're able to cater to that. Um, the day's coming. Be patient. Mm-hmm. Well, things are definitely okay. moving forward. I'm I'm yeah. enjoying what I'm seeing. So, but uh... sorry, Scott. Did you want to say? Something? Uh, <clears throat> I was I thinking about to say something, saying something, but I... I didn't want to step on your toes there. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I think, um, I mean, you know, I think it's it's really clear, and, and like you said, the 95%, that, that you know, y- you guys get a lot of love at the Amigo Museum, too. And a lot of people, I mean, you've, you've made a lot of people's dreams come true, myself included. And... Um, you know, I have nothing but admiration for, for what you've managed to pull off because, I mean, as we've talked about before, you know, Brian and I and a lot of us were around when Paul Clark was a, a guy who was trying to figure out how to heat seal oven mitt gloves by hand, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you know, and, and, and try, trying to get bubbles out of Green Arrow's hat or whatever it was, you know, and... And, well, and, and sewing Batman capes on the Long Island Railroad. That's right. I remember that. You know, I was at, I, I was in L.A. and communicating with Paul, and he was telling me he was doing I'm like, you're making a living doing this? Never a living. <laughs> well, you know. An avocation. Well, it, it stunned me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people who can only do something uh, if somebody is asking me to. I can't do it for myself. I have to do it for someone else. Mm. So setting up Dr. Migo and taking orders got me to figure out a lot of things, you know, and knowing and having the community out there and hearing what they were looking for and what they thought using a constant sounding board helps 
that's something that you know uh, you, you can't you can't create stuff in a vacuum. Right. Too true. So um, I mean, look, I, I found. I mean, listen, I've been I've been on the museum since what 1997. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, on the message boards and all, um, and uh, I, I overwhelmingly people if people say nothing, they support it. You're only going to hear from the people who are who don't like it. And many times in in the past, you know, I see the pitchforks and the torches coming at me, and and I just, you know, I take it in stride. Uh, the best analogy for me is sports fans. You know, <laughs> they're passionate, they're excited, but everybody's got their own opinions, and you have to realize that that they're entitled to. To those opinions. Yes, and there's usually a couple of drunks out in the tailgate that's party right, who are going to yeah. get into a fight and get arrested. But right. It's not everybody. That's right. But you do have to watch out for the guys who are painting themselves in the team colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you know, try to, you know, I like to go to Migo Meet. I wish it was someplace where more people could get to, you know, uh, in, a, in a bigger venue, but, you know, I'm not willing to put up the money to to set up in, a, in the Las Vegas Hilton. Right. So, um, Ew, you do it in Vegas? Uh, planes go to Vegas. <laughs> you can take the family there, and they could go off and do whatever they want. Um, you know, it... Um, so are you still in touch with... Uh, are, you, are, are you guys still in touch on an ongoing basis with Marty Abrams? Maybe we can talk a little bit about, about that involvement and in your... You're, you, I was I've always been impressed, Paul, with your determination to um, keep the original Migo guys involved in what you're doing. And in, in actually, some I don't know. No. That was Joe. I have to say this. I got to give Joe props on this. He was the one who was dogged about making sure that that he said we have got to have Abrams involved. It's um, the Polar Lights Aurora model. He would tell me as if I knew what that meant. You know that that the guy who you know came, uh, owned the company should be giving you his blessing. It's even if it's not legally necessary, it's morally necessary. Otherwise, there's no continuity, really. If the guy was, if the, if the, if everyone involved was dead, it's one thing. You know, you're just basically picking up assets that were left on the table. But if if the people responsible were still there, you have to at least make sure that you're doing what 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 they intended to do. And uh, the funny thing is, you know, Marty had said, you know, if Migo was still around, we'd just be doing three-inch figures, mm. which is which is hysterical. But um, uh, yeah, otherwise, I didn't, I you know, I didn't think it was uh, worth doing, really. Joe, uh, unless Joe, we were legit. Joe stalked Ken, <laughs> ran into Ken at uh, at Fangoria. Don't say that word. Oh, sorry. And uh, you know, and and uh, and you know, started, you know, this is down and. and yeah. yeah, Ken Ken Abrams is in the licensing business, and he was uh, he was working with. Uh, we had a mutual friend who who was a publisher of uh, of, of um, a if it's not already defunct, it is is close to being defunct horror magazine. And um, uh, when I found out who he was, which wasn't hard because he looked exactly like his dad. Um, you know, I, I called him up and I said, you know, hey, I got a friend, blah, 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 and he's, oh, you need Dr. Migo. And I'm like, and that actually I could say Paul was the first time I came across people doing, <laughs> you know, oh, you know Dr. Migo? 
peace, yeah. peace, peace upon his name. <laughs> you know? um, and uh, yeah, and, and from then, you know, I, I sat down with Ken and, and Ken and, and, and Marty. They came right out and said, "We have no rights to grant you." You know, and uh, I said, "I just think it's it's a good thing to do, and we're going to go out and do it." The same mentality we have with Never Living Dead. It's like we're going to go off and make money on on things that you did. I, I, you have to get something out of this. So that's that's uh, that's that, that's what uh, the reason was behind this. I also needed to find out. How big is this community? I mean, I collected Migos as a kid. I know Paul was off, you know, making, you know, uh, Captain America shields and Batman cowls and things like that. And I'm thinking, really? I mean, how big is this? If we went out and would put all these things together and, and actually got a license and did something, you know, would people really come? And that's, that's how the Star Trek thing started. And uh, once we got... And the Abramses were skeptical, too, because apparently they'd been, they'd been approached by, you know, four or five people. And who also, oh, yeah, we're going to go off, we're going to make Migos. And, and you know, never, either didn't do it or didn't do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we came back with our Star Treks, they said, okay, let's 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 move. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. In standing in Marty Abrams' kitchen, and he looked at the Andorian we made, and he goes, well, you really nailed it. I swear this came out of my factory. Yeah, yeah that wasn't it. It, yeah. was when, it, was, it was when he came up to you at Toy Fair and smacked you <laughs> on the cheek. And he said, you're a good boy. You're, you're a good boy. Good boy. <laughs> and, then, and then Marty left, and Paul's walking around, you know, going, floating, boy. I'm a good boy. Uh, <laughs> floating back to the train station. Yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> That's but very I, cool. I mean, you know, we don't want to... I don't. Uh, I especially, I know, I don't want to be the fanboy who, you know, who bothers him all the time. Too late. <laughs> But, uh, you know, he's, uh, we talked to Ken, we, uh, we, we've had conversations with Marty, he's uh, building a business, again, not related to Migos, you know, but, um, uh, you know, I, I hope we, we can stay in contact, you know. It, we, it's been a good friendship, too. I mean, Ken's become a friend. Yeah. You know, we, whenever we're out in L.A., we try to, we try to you know, uh, visit him, um, you know, whenever we can. Uh, Marty, it's a, just a question of, of getting getting time with him, but he's right here on the East Coast. And we, you know, we've been to uh, we've been to the the Migo Mansion, you know, a couple of times. Um, they're they're good people, you know. I, and I know there's all sorts of stuff that was you know written about in history about how the, the you know the company ended and all that kind of stuff. Or, but at the end of the day, these are just old school, um, you know, good people. Who were rough around the edges because of what the war did to them? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So fantastic. We actually went on for a while about the Abramses, didn't we? It was just a very simple question. Yeah, that's okay. No, that's 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 exactly what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, what I what I get from the message boards is, you know, there are people that think that uh, you know we have dinner with Marty every week, and then there are other people that say, I think you have no contact with him. You're just saying his name. Yeah, or, or you know, somebody said it was a wise marketing ploy. Uh, it it turned out to be, you know. But you know, what if people didn't give a crap about who Marty Abrams was or what he did? You know, yeah, just, absolutely. We, like I said, with Never Living Dead, it just felt that it would not. If, if there were people who were alive who were responsible, and we were building on what they did. They are owed money. Period. Close quotes. End of story. That makes sense. That's a great attitude to have. Mm-hmm. And and I think the museum has, you know, needs to get that point across, too. 
is that all these other guys who want to sit there and say, oh, we're going out and doing Migos stuff. Hey, you know, what, you know, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway. That's well, my wife's saying, stop talking. Well, well, he's picking up the phone. No, I'm, no, I just yeah. put it away. Probably some, probably some guy saying, where's my door hammer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dr. Migos, yeah, can I ask you a question? Yeah. yeah. What's going to be wave five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were going to open with that, but you know. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Paul, are you? Didn't, re- you... didn't wave get released though? I'm, lo- I'm losing track. No, of wave, wave wave four with Shazam. Okay. Black Adam. Uh, then the the Dead Green Lantern. Oh, okay. Right, right. right. Medical the Green Lantern right. was shown. Because the other wave, they still. I'm amazed that they still have. But that just shows you that they're they're spacing it out now. There's there's a a backlog of these guys that are 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 to be announced. That's killing me because oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, as 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 we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh come on, just give us one. Power, uh, brother, power the geek. <laughs> you just Bat made Rick. my day. Fat yeah. mite. Fat mite. Mix the Actually, no. He's going to be the atom, but he's going to be in scale. Yeah. And in fact, he's already been packed in with all the other previous waves. You just can't see him. <laughs> so, Paul, I wanted to ask. Um, yes. Is with everything that you're doing, are you still are, are you still spending uh, much time sort of doing the Doctor Migo business? Are you gonna <laughs> is your are you gonna be, continue to to service the the customs community, or is MC? Yeah. Yeah, what a lovely do you, see, do you think it. MC ah. is gonna get too big for that at some point? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I am never giving up Dr. Migo. Uh, he, I, uh, even if I do it nights and weekends and, you know, uh, start taking vast amounts of Coke to stay up all night, you know. But uh, I, uh, I'm i never giving up Dr. Migo, and I'll still get every order out within two to three weeks. Um, it's, uh, it, it, I don't know, It no matter how busy we get, uh, that to me is a, is a is just something I do. There are days where Paul skips the office. Yeah, I got some orders to to get yeah, out. And... It's like cheating on him. Yeah. <laughs> I stay. I, I don't come into the office. It's not uh, cheating. We have an open relationship. We all know that there's a doctor. <laughs> well, in, it is in, it, in, in this relationship. And, and you know, Joe has fear works, and you know, it's like there's time and the Monster Channel, and there's you know, we we have a partnership. We you know, but we have to go off and do our own stuff to keep you know, money coming in. Right. Um, and and I'll never, you know, tell anybody what Dr. Migo makes. I know people think I'm a millionaire from it. I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'd love it if the Migo community was millions of people. You know, if the Migo community was millions of people, evil entities would have would yes. have, have formed businesses around it. And, That's right. And, and, and done things that we couldn't do. Simple as that. That's right. Yep. There's, there's, uh, it's not in the, not in the collector's size. It's like... When I worked at Universal, I had a I had a very eye-opening moment about the size, or at least the the, the relatively small size, of the collector community. If if you got, if, are you guys on a time limit here, or can I actually go on with the story? Uh, no, we're we're about to cross the hour and a half point at this point, so we're a two-parter now, so we might as well I'll go for it. it. Oh, great. I'll make it quick because this is important for people to know. Uh, because I, you know, there there's some folks who said. Actually, somebody was complaining about a friend of mine who's producing a DVD of a, an old kaiju movie or something. He said, well, you know, that company's going to make a killing. It's like, define killing. Yeah. Um, when I was at Universal, it was around the time that uh, Sony was doing the Godzilla, the 98 Godzilla film. 
and uh, I was working with the home video guys, and, and they said, we're going to re-release King Kong vs. Godzilla. Okay, I'd only been with the company about a month or two, so I'm all fanboy about it. I'm like, wow, are you going to uh, put it in widescreen and uh, letterbox, and are, are you going to you know, try to find the alternate ending where Godzilla wins, you know, which was, you know, it turned out to be apocryphal. Yeah. And, and they looked at me like I had three heads. They said, we're going to maybe move 10,000 units of this thing. We're doing this as a way to kind of beef up the catalog, and we're just going to use the same print that we've had before, just run out 10,000 more, more copies and use the same box art. And, and I thought to myself, 10,000, and you do the math. You know, 1999 retail, 999 wholesale. So that's that's a hundred thousand dollars. That that's the salaries of of maybe two people at the studio for a year. And then I realized, oh crap! And you start hearing all these all these circulation numbers that were being thrown around at the time by certain horror magazines that that will not go net mentioned. And then you find out the realities when you start working with them. This community is in, uh, you know, the collector community is in maybe. The high five figures, the low six figures. Mm. Human beings, bodies. And then you start applying all sorts of marketing percentages of what percentage you're going to do this, what percentage you're going to do that. No one's making a killing doing anything in the collector business. Yeah, it's done yeah. for the love of it. Absolutely. Well, it's done for the fact that you want to be able to make a living and not have to work for the man anymore. The problem is some people think you are the man once you start making a living. Yeah, the assumption right. that people are getting rich off of some of this stuff is crazy. I, I know some of the numbers uh, of certain yeah. items, and yeah. people people throw licenses around, and I sit there and go, you could move 500 of those if you tried. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And some factories won't even do 500 nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and, and when, you, when, you know, when you have to tool something, how many, you know, how, uh, the tooling cost doesn't really change, to, you know, just because the, the license is, is a small one. You know, it costs the same to cut steel no matter what. Right. Well, here's, you know, there's a message to send out to the community, especially those who want to know how do I get into this. First of all, if you want to get into this, it's too late to get into it in China. Mm. It's period. But if you can find factories that are, you know, in, in, in the process of closing, closing or some guy who used to, you know, have a machine shop or something like that. If you could start connecting those dots together and start doing them in small runs here in the States, number one, you're the guy who's going to make a killing. And number two, uh, you need to call me because I will happily piggyback onto your production um, some small run projects of our own. Because um, it needs to come back here. It needs to come back, you know, under under control of, of people who want to love to do it. Um, but it's, it's unsustainable now uh, from an entry-level basis. Overseas. That's quite an. That's going to be quite an eye opener. I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> uh, within five years, though, mark my words. Within five years, the collector business is all going to be manufactured here back in the states. Because mm. you got guys saying, "Well, you know, we're going to we're looking at Vietnam next, and we're looking Malaysia. at you know Mars." <laughs> you know, Lord. it's like uh, where can we find you know a Class M planet with uh, people without warp technology? You know, and that's the kind of thinking they have. And I'm thinking, you know what? No, it's got to go back to craftsmen. It's got to go back to craftsmen who are going to do it and just be happy making a living at it. And and you know what? I'm starting to see that mentality sprout in certain parts of the states. You just need to connect those dots. So if there's somebody out there who wants to do it and can, who has the time to connect the dots, God bless you. You're going to be the next person on top of the world, and I will absolutely want to work with you, you know, uh, to bring it back here. Five years. Mark me. 
in 2016. Sounds like a good thing. So I, I hope you're right. Yeah, it's where we want to go. I, yeah. I'm, you know, it's where we want to go. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's going to be Paul in the basement, you know, putting the damn heads on himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can relate. <laughs> yeah, or we'll be able to very soon. You will be, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you made it a two-parter, because now I don't have anything else to say. I don't know what else we could fill. Oh, that's okay. That, that works out perfect. Okay. Well, so, great. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it has. Okay. And hopefully we well, can... Well, thank you guys for doing... I, I, that museum, that site is, is spectacular. Yeah. Thank you very uh, much. First of all, it was, a, it was a huge source of research for, for someone like me who had to catch up in the beginning of this thing. Um, it is definitely a great source of, of immediate feedback from the people who... Uh, who who you're making stuff for? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I I love it, and the design is so gorgeous. You know, it, oh, it, thank you. It's it's beautiful. It 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 reeks. If there was a Mego corporate website, you kind of wish that that's what it looked like. Yeah, that would yeah, be a fun it, project. It, <laughs> yeah. No, it really. Uh, I, I don't think you guys get enough credit. Yeah, um, appreciate it, and we appreciate you guys being there. Um, rain or shine to answer questions that's a really unique thing that not many i think is underserved um, I, it, as much as you can i mean you've heard me go off you know paul's so much better at this than i am but I've, it's gotten to the point where you know depending upon how much coffee i've had or whether or not my medication is working or what maybe I, get a little, I get a little you know what time it is i get a little too responsive mm-hmm. so well, my in fact here we go i apologize to anybody i've ever yelled at <laughs> on on the on the message boards because chances are it was just it was that time of the month for me. Hmm. All caps was so the, it? The, yeah. No, the, the real crazy thing is uh, sometimes I'll check the message boards before going to bed at midnight. And obviously, you know, my state of mind at midnight is not as good as it would be in the middle of the day. Yeah. But it's it's all I could do sometimes to keep from like posting a little tirade, you know. But I kind of take a breath and go, it's not going to help and. You know, it's if if I can't keep it together, then someone's going to see that as, an, as a chance to to keep pushing, and I won't give them the satisfaction. Yeah, but you're not the recovering anger management case in the <laughs> partnership. <laughs> partnership. So I'm I'm the one who needs the "Are you sure you want to send?" button. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could use one of those. <laughs> yeah, I send. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you, have you thought about this? <laughs> you have exceeded the allotted F word. <laughs> I, I need I need one that forwards it to my wife first, and she can write back. Yeah. Yeah. They're just dolls. Get a grip. Exceeded condescension level. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, we're dealing when you're dealing you're dealing with fans, and and of course, fan is short for fanatic, as you know from yeah. you know yeah. the horror right. business, and 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 um, to a lot of people on the outside. Uh, you know, it's like the old. You talk about the old Mego guys. Those guys are actually yeah. kind of stunned that there are people who go online every single day and talk yeah. passionately about Migos. Like it's, right. you know what On I mean. We're <laughs> all, you know, we're all a little bit diseased, you know, one way or the other. So I think, right. you know, um, for for fans and producers and moderators and blah 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 blah, it's like we all sometimes need to take a breath and remember that, you know, everybody's human <laughs> and, right. and, and we're all, you know, we're all a little bit funny. 
Um, you know, but in the at the end of the day, our tour shelves are bulging with really cool stuff because we all yeah. got together and talked and talked and talked and talked about this until it happened. You know, and oh. and and you know, Paul Clark pushed that ball way up the mountain and got it to the other side, and and we're reaping the benefits of it. So, occasionally, so you're saying that if I if I Talk and talk and talk and talk about those cheerleaders covered in chocolate and carry back the money. They may just magically manifest themselves. Well, there is a forum you could probably find with like-minded yeah. individuals. Cheerleaders and chocolate. Yes. Right. And, you know, and let's, let's face it, if you want to make some real money, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, really. There's your industry. Covering girls in chocolate is probably much more lucrative. Yes. I'm shutting up now. Yeah. Guys, it's been a real pleasure. And and right. one one we should definitely repeat um, as 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 announcements get done and and make it a regular recurring thing. Thank you for having us. This was really was cool to be able to actually just you know ramble on for a bit about all this stuff Rambles. and not just in posts. Thank you. R- Rambling's what we do, so we appreciate it. Ramble on. Okay. All right. All Thanks, right, guys. Let's, uh, we'll do it again soon. And uh, in right. the meantime, I'll see you at Mego Meet. All right. You got it. Good luck with the podcast, guys. This is a good idea. What the hell took you so long? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It just took us to discuss it. I I wanted to do it, but didn't have the the hand the, the handiness, I guess you'd call it. And Scott right. did, and we were both thinking about it. It happened cool. in less than a week. Right. Well, there you go. Although yeah. it's been two months since we did a podcast, so we better well, we better we better hang up <laughs> well, and get okay. this thing posted. That, that's Sucker's fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, and now you're hearing the. Hey, where's the podcast? Oh, yeah. Hey, where's the podcast? Yeah, what's coming up in episode three? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The, the irony is not, is not lost on us. <laughs> hey, you know All what? Right. I, I, as soon as I heard that Biff Bang Pow was actually going to make wave two of the lost figures, I thought, well, I don't really have anything to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to get Scott really into Doctor Who stat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, now, now I'm going to start a campaign to save Beastly. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's what we should reserve for the next time we talk. We should, we should talk to tell the whole Doctor Who story. Yeah, yeah, I'd love There's to hear some it. Interesting stuff there. Love to hear it. Dun dun Good. dun! All right, stay tuned, <laughs> people. Leave them wanting more. That's perfect, Joe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. All right, take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bye. 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 And there you have it. That was our second part of our interview with uh, Joe and Paul of MC Toys. And these are two guys we hope to have back in a more frequent basis just to discuss uh, new developments with them. I mean, they've always got something on the go. And uh, I'd like to thank them for sitting down with us. I'd also like to thank them for spending as much time on our message boards as they do, answering our questions, calming our fears. I think you'll agree with me, Scott, that it's, it's very rare that anybody, any toy company does this. Uh, yeah, no, without a doubt. And um, you know, when you when you get into the business of of making things for fans and collectors, there's um, there's always a certain amount of give and take that comes with the territory. And um, we're glad that that they take advantage of the Amigo Museum to talk to people and put up with um, sometimes aggravating questions, but mostly, like we said in the interview, uh, a lot of love and respect. Um, that the community gives to these guys, and so we just we're, we're glad that they're here, and we're glad that they recorded the podcast. And I hope we get to do it again sometime. Maybe when the next wave of Mattel superheroes comes out, we can get them back on the line. What do you think? That'd be a lot of fun. 
so we could go through it point by point and get some of their insight on it. Right, right. And and also you just make sure that they understand all of our complaints. Absolutely. Um, right, point for point. Point for point and point why they're wrong. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I've got a I've got a hot poker right here. I can I can use yep. it if we need it. Yep. Okay. All right. So. Well, this has been a great week of the Return of the Mingo Museum podcast, a two-part interview with these guys, and we're going to try to get another podcast up soon. And mm -hmm. um, just uh, there's so many people that we can talk to about Migos that uh, our list is long and our days are short. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit. Talk about Migos past. Migos presence and Migos future in the next few podcasts. So uh, stay tuned and you'll be seeing some announcements soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So in the meantime, this is Scott. And this is Brian. Saying collect them all. Collect them all. Take care. Bye. My Migos.